The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of Sumner County Spotlight right here at WHIN. Heard each and every Sunday morning right here at 10 o'clock. And, and don't forget, it's going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com where you'll see it on the podcast page. It's up there for the rest of its life, pretty much. I found an interesting topic, and I ran into one of our guys with HBD Mounted Patrol and just had this incredible conversation. I just that the Mounted Patrol always fascinated me anyway. But the Mounted Patrol is what we're saying, or are the horses that you see around. You see these guys up on these huge horses, and they're doing such a great job. So I wanted to bring some folks in here and kind of talking about it. So let's introduce Jeff Duran. John Newberry's in here. He's kind of the bodyguard here today. And Will Scruggs, you might know about him. You've heard of Will Scruggs around here, so we're all going to talk and, and just find out what the Mounted Patrol is about, guys. So thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Jeff, so let's kick it off. Kind of give a, a, a little insight of what the Mounted Patrol is, how it got started, how long you've had it here in Hendersonville. Okay. Mounted Patrol is, of course, a horse-mounted unit. We have three full-time officers that patrol on horseback. We patrol areas that are most frequently visited by people who are walking, jogging, you know, in, in the parks, the walking trails, and the shopping centers, mainly along the Indian Lake Corridor. So mm-hmm. that's our goal right now is to keep those areas safe and keep crime down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Being in that perspective, you can see things a lot better because you're so much higher oh, yeah. than One everything else. One of the biggest advantages yeah. to being on a horse is that we're eight feet high, and we can <laughs> see over cars, we can see over crowds. So if someone needs help, they can see us, we can see them. Just the deterrent of being up above everything where anyone who may be considering doing something that uh, inappropriate they mm-hmm. see us they see us quicker than they see a car or sure. uh, a bicycle officer so. yeah but the, i guess the main purpose of the mount of patrol is what uh, crime deterrence okay you know just we're police officers mm-hmm. we are out here to prevent crime as and serve the community as best we can so i guess it's it's great for crowd control because that horse can move some people yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. and they can't push back <laughs> there's not a lot of big calls for crowd control in hendersonville but mm-hmm. we do work closely with metro nashville so speaking of that now i know recently we had some situations that possibly could have popped up and i guess with the collaboration we have with other jurisdictions you you guys were actually called in come and possibly help out down there if correct. needed if needed correct you'll yes. be there the luckily this past weekend it wasn't needed so will with the the crowds we have in some of the mm-hmm. bigger events uh, Freedom Fest. Right. You get a lot of people in one spot. Is this a perfect time for Mounted Patrol? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. is. Um, okay. The crowds can see us from, from a distance with that height advantage, and people flock to us. It's a great it's a great public relations tool as well because they mm-hmm. want to come to us, talk to us, meet us, meet the horses, and uh, it's a perfect opportunity for hundreds, thousands of people to come uh, see us, talk to us, get a better understanding of what we do mm-hmm. and uh, Mounted and the uh, police department as a whole. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a great tool for the, for the public to see us. May, may not talk to a lot of officers out in cars, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they'll come up to the uh, Mounted, Mounted guys and, and talk to us. Yeah. Well, and, I'll say this. 
in 26 years, no one has ever asked to pet my patrol car. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. They don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do have a point there. That's, <laughs> oh, nice car. <laughs> and, yeah, and you know those motor guys. They don't let anybody touch their bike. Oh, so yeah. you, you stay away from that, man. <laughs> All they'll do is write you a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just so impressive when you see you guys up on there. And it, a great PR tool to start with. You yes. know, we, you guys have been at some a lot of the events, like Porch Fest. Um, you know, do you go out to Sumner Fest? Because that's yes, really Sumner Fest. That's a great place yes. to have have the patrol out there. In 2022, we did 104 special events, and that's Hendersonville is our focus. But mm-hmm. we work the whole county. Um, any agency that calls or jurisdiction that calls and says, "Hey, can you come help us with this event?" and if we're not booked on something or have something else, then we try to help them. So, okay, well, that's good. Um, well, the one thing that I'm envisioning right now is I want to see Mickey up on one of the one of the, the horses and have him out there. <laughs> we do have a picture of him sitting next to us on his motorcycle. That's as far as it's going to get. Close as you can. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's probably going to kill me for that. But it's like, <laughs> so not all agencies have a mounted patrol unit. No, most right? don't. No. No. Mm-hmm. There's two full-time units in the state, and that's us and Metro Nashville. Really? Yeah, wow. Okay. Full-time. Well, you know, back when I was on the job a while back, I mean, we I don't think anybody had mounted patrol. And that was down in the Orlando area. But, mm-hmm. you know, I can imagine how hot those uh, horses would get down there you know, with all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a different environment down there. They gotta, they've got to take care of, like, the humidity and all that stuff, so it's harder for horses. But northern Florida has a lot of mounted units in that area. Is there, like, a special training that you would have to go through? On an ongoing basis, I know in law you always have ongoing training anyway. Right. But but to, let's say somebody wanted to join the the unit, you had an opening. Uh, what would they have to go through, Will? Uh, I'm relatively new to the unit myself, okay. so a lot, lot of time. Uh, John and Jeff are great trainers; uh, they're good guys. I've I've been an officer 15 years. I just came over here recently, so it's uh, it's something that that intrigued me, interests me. I think mm-hmm. you have to have that first, and then it's a lot of work. It takes a it's a lot big skill set to learn. You can't just do it overnight. And sure, yeah. some people think that they that they can however they may think that but uh but it takes it takes you know just con- constant go at it mm-hmm. you know well I, and i think too you know prior equestrian experience is probably that, helpful that would probably yeah, yeah i didn't have any prior experience oh, but really? i'm, I'm okay. sure i'm sure I mean, yeah of course it would but um but i would always come over to the barn and and, and see the horses and and, and yeah. so that's what got me interested you know training these these beasts you know it's got to be an incredible experience Oh, it's the greatest feeling in the world to work with them, knowing that they don't have to do anything they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Training them to want to do things with you, and they they want to please you. You know, they want to do good for you, and it's a it's a great feeling to take a horse that our newest horse had never been ridden before, and I've been training him since June, and he's coming along so great, mm-hmm. and it's just a great feeling to go those step by step and he has these great moments where oh it just clicks and yeah that's great <laughs> well and john and i were talking i don't know a couple weeks ago uh, about how these horses feel your presence they know your mood right they oh, oh yeah. they, they tap definitely. into and they feel it no doubt they can feel our tension in our bodies they feel our heartbeat our heartbeat our heart rate it goes up and down their heart rate will go up and down with our heart rate so, wow. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah, being able to be calm and, and perform your duties, well, the horse feels what you're feeling. And so mm-hmm. if you're getting tense and amped up, the horse will get tense and mm-hmm. amped up. And it's, it is just mm-hmm. simultaneous. Sure. 
So if they if they sense a, a tense situation, because you're obviously yeah. going to feel it. So if you got a, a situation starting to happen, they're we feeling you. We have to you. stay calm. Yeah. Even though it's happening around, we have to stay calm to keep the horse calm throughout everything. Sure. Because you don't want them overreacting. No. And so how do you train one of these to not get spooked in situations? And let's say, heaven forbid, there's a gunfight. Right. Let's, you know, there's a lot of noise going on, you know, screaming, mm-hmm. hollering, and that tension. How do you train a beast? I call them beasts because they're just so big. <laughs> but how do you train these these great animals to not react it? Yeah, they, first thing we start with is we go through and we try to find the horse with the right mind from the beginning. When we go look at horses that would potentially come into the unit, we will spend some time with them and try to see, you know, how they react to minor things that a horse shouldn't, you know, overreact to, but just uh, checking on how their mind reacts to things. So we got to find that right mindset before we even bring them in and john will tell you we look it'll it'll take a hundred horses that we'll go through before we find the one that we're going to bring in and start working with yeah i mean that's crazy because i the next question while you were talking was how do you qualify a horse to be oh that's a good fit right they have like you said have to have the right mind they have to have the right mindset Mm -hmm. and if they can't get spooked about the smallest things and if we can't train them not to get spooked about this through desensitizing them yeah. Um, then we can't use that horse. We've right. got kids that will come up to us and grab their legs. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've had kids go up underneath the horses. So the horse has got to be able to stay calm and not mind that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. So they come um, over and want to pet him or, yeah, or whatever, I mean, grab have, their tail. and. <laughs> if we have a horse that's gonna that doesn't like that and is going to possibly kick or mm. get irritated about that, that's a horse that we can't have. Right. We don't want anybody to get hurt when this. We want want people to approach us, but we've got to make sure these horses can handle that kind of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. We, oh. A lot of people coming on those horses. Usually, when the horse feels pressure, he wants to go back away from that. And these mm. horses, we can't have that. We right. don't want them backing into somebody else or anything. they got to be able to stand there wow. and handle that type of pressure. Well, if somebody just said, hey, I want to donate a horse to HPD. We get that a lot. Yeah, and but it's not. I mean, you might find a good one, but I mean, occasionally how, we do. What happens in that case? Well, we we go and uh, we'll generally I will talk to the owner of the horse, find out some information about it, see if it even fits within the guidelines, mm-hmm. and then I will go visit the horse if it makes it past that. Uh, go visit the horse a little while and see how it, how I think it'll work, and sure. then uh, we make a decision based off of that. And then we usually give it a thirty day trial. Okay. and uh, put it through some training and if 30 days after the 30 days it's working we continue if not we have a deal to send it back so, so what are the age requirements for one of these horses um i like to be around five to start okay at least rango his horse came in at three and he's working out fine and then we don't really want to be over 10 or 12 because we really want to try to get 10 years out of them mm-hmm. so yeah, that's a good idea. Do they have a special diet that they stay on? Yes, each, each oh, horse yeah. has his own diet that we feed them different supplements and different levels of protein and different levels of fat just to maintain their body weight and to build muscle. Now, is there a specific vet that you would use also? I mean, I know they have checkups and you have to keep their health up. Yes, we have a vet. He's out of Gallatin okay. that we use. He's the only um one that we use coming in and doing things well and i think that's if you use the same one they get used to the horse so they know you know what their vitals look like they know certain twerks and things that they they can keep a watch on if something does have you know pop up what would be common injury that one of these horses would have will i think uh well you'll speak better to that than than i could yeah okay Um, probably the most common injury would be like uh, they can get a bruise or an abscess in their hoof 
once that happens you've got to pull them out treat that until that abscess is clear then they're back to, back to work normal but it can take a month or so to, okay. to clear that so how many horses you have now four okay four working ones. <laughs> okay if one goes down would you have a backup that's it. so we, that would be kind of hard to get somebody they're not used to on there yeah, but it's you difficult. know uh, right now the four we have yes we could use uh we could have a backup if we needed it but he's on that he's actually an older horse so he's very light duty mm-hmm. he's been with us the longest he's everyone around here knows Sonny, and uh he's 20 he'll be 22 this year wow so we're he's he's really slowing down and we're not using him on the road as much so you can you know take him to hazel path or something nice and calm you know know, he's good to be petted yeah kind of yeah yeah, the kids love it at schools, yes. I bet. Hey, we're going to talk more about that. I, I just thought about it, but what a great tool for, for PR. So, hey, we're talking with the Hendersville Police Department Mounted Patrol Unit, Mr. John Newberry, uh, Officer Jeff Duran, and Officer Will Scruggs. That just sounds like a, a police name. Scruggs, get over here. <laughs> hey, listen, Jeff Shannon, we'll be right back with more Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Summer County Spotlight. We're going to continue our conversation with our Hendersonville Mounted Patrol right here. And Officer John Newberry, Jeff Duran, and Will Scruggs are in here in the in the studio. The horses are at the barn, though. That's kind of that good. You know, with this weather, as crazy it is. <laughs> they love <laughs> this weather. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, yeah. You turn them out of the stall, they're out there playing in it. <laughs> and, uh, they love it cold. and. But, yeah, I guess with the, the wet conditions, now, which brings up something to me. Uh, these things just pop into my head, but... Are there certain times where Mounted Patrol would not go out? Icing conditions, we know those kind of things. But if it's raining, any of those well, kind I of things? I mean, thing? we, yeah. we ride in any weather when we're needed. Okay. I mean, uh, if it's not necessary to take a horse out on an icy day, then we won't. Okay. I mean, if there was a need, he would be fine to, to handle that. They're out there in it anyway. Mm-hmm. If we're out and it's raining and we're getting wet. I mean, that's, yeah. we have yeah. rain gear. So. Yeah. Because I would imagine those hooves don't have, you know, skid pads on the bottom. They actually do. They do, <laughs> really? They do. No. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, uh, we have special shoes. That are, are they made. Goodyear? <laughs> they are made for walking on pavement and concrete okay. so that they don't slip. And uh, so it help, helps them in all terrains, so it doesn't matter. Well, that totally makes a lot of sense. I guess you can put, you got ice chains or spikes you can put on. (laughs) Earlier we were talking about the diet, John, and you you had indicated that there's some things that the the public needs to be aware of as far as when you're around these horses. We enjoy people coming up to the horses Mm -hmm. and talk, you know, and seeing them and everything else. And then we enjoy, we don't mind coming up to the barn. Okay. And seeing the horses, even if we're not there, the one thing we do ask, because of the special diets they're on, is that people don't feed them. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't know what they're getting. We, Like I said, we have that special diet. Another thing is when people are feeding them by hand, we get a lot of people that want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the horses, we go up to a crowd, and especially kids. Kids want to pet them and pet their yep. nose. And the horses might think that they are actually trying to feed them, and yeah. the, they'll nibble. Yeah, at the fingers. Horses aren't going to try to hurt them. Yeah, yeah. But we just want to keep that from happening. Yeah. So they want to feed them carrots, or yes. they might pick up some yeah. grass and yeah. off, so we, off the ground. Know, and we know. just ask the public not to feed the horses. Good, good. And don't feed them snow cones or ice yeah. cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. If there's a snow cone nearby, it will be. And we talked about the barn, and I know that was kind of popular the last few years. <laughs> uh, so how did the barn process all get started? Because oh, wow. you had had it 
one place and then we moved to another. So tell that Correct. story. Well, so that started, gosh, long, uh, almost 10 years ago. We were getting shifted around from farm to farm, not being able to have a permanent home for the okay. mounted. So uh, TBN was gracious enough to allow us to use their facility mm-hmm. over uh, off of Main Street mm-hmm. um, for several years. But when we first moved into there, we realized, hey, we need to have a permanent facility for our horses. The city owned property on Drake's Creek Road already, so we did a fundraiser to raise money to build the barn. The city kicked in funds. In 2019, we finally broke ground and built the new stables out there, and uh, they love it. We've got about eight acres fenced off with the the barn, plenty of room for the horses to get out and run and play, and still have a nice indoor facility for them to you know, get in out of the weather when they need to. Sure. So it, it's a fairly new facility. It is. And so what kind of equipment and things do you have out there? Oh, it's pretty uh, basic, I will say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's great. We love it. We have an indoor wash rack um, where they, we can wash the horses inside with warm water. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've never had that before, and they enjoy that. We have, you know, our all of our tack and everything can be kept at the barn, we used to have to keep it locked in our trailers okay. because we didn't have a secure place. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, I know that's just basic, but that's great for us. Well, we got, <laughs> you know, if somebody wanted to donate a bunch of Gucci blankets for them, <laughs> you would take that. <laughs> <laughs> or Louis Vuitton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on, you're in Hendersonville, folks. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, we're, we've got everything set up great for our feed and hay and and we've got training facilities that we can use an indoor area that we have to train on days like this Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't have to you know we don't have to not be able to do it because we have an indoor a small indoor area where we can exercise okay so did you have a a a ring outside i guess you can you can work with them and cutting and Mm -hmm. you know start and stopping and doing all that That, we have an outdoor arena we have an outdoor arena that is in process of being completed and then uh but we have round pen and we have other pens and and that are built around the barns. Mm-hmm. What kind of training would these horses go through? I mean, on a regular basis. Initially, you have to do do a lot of that right. that stuff, but on an ongoing training basis, what are some of the the techniques you would try to work with them on? Yeah, training is an ongoing process for any police officer, but mm-hmm. when you're dealing with animals, whether it's dogs or horses or anything, there has to be a, a consistent training going on. And so every Wednesday is our training day for the horses. We always plan a day of, one day it may be going through obstacles. Okay. So we never know what we're gonna encounter out here. Mm-hmm. And so we always plan for, hey, we want our horses to be able to go over any surface go through any tight spaces you know anything that may come at them horses are pretty much afraid of anything that moves or makes noise so we try to come up with anything we can that moves and makes noise to desensitize them and and get them through that even us i've been riding for 50 years and i have to get out and practice making sure i'm doing it correct so we do equitation days where we just we focus on sitting the horse correctly moving correctly with the horse and so there's so many aspects of training in it Every week is a different subject, I guess you okay. would say. Yeah. We're, yeah. So we're working on a different subject. So uh, we work generally once a month. We go train with Metro and whatever, like we can do crowd control with them. We can mm-hmm. do uh, we do a lot of defensive tactics because we don't get off our horses. We do everything from horseback. We arrest, make an arrest from horseback. Um, we do all of our defensive tactics from horseback. Well, I want to... 
how how does the horse cuff that individual? <laughs> <laughs> if we could train them to do that, we would be out of a job. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's what fascinates me about these horses is just how in tune they are with their rider. I mean, that's that just is so fascinating. And and John, when you and I were talking, I mean, it's it makes sense. But how they can feel that coming through all that gear and the saddle and you know and everything else going on. But they 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 sense that. You know, training them to go through that. And there's umpteen and one scenarios that you can you can train these horses at. You know, get them accustomed to that. But it takes a lot of work. Oh yeah. Oh, no it's not just hey get on and ride. It, there's a lot more to it than I think that. Will yeah. can tell you he's. He's been uh, he's been training for about three months now, and he's coming along fine. But there's a lot more to it than when he used to just come out and get on the horse and ride around the pen a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, very it's very different from just someone hopping on a horse that that horse is already trained but knows you can get um, you know thirty minutes worth of instruction, be able to ride in a circle and walk walk in a circle, mm-hmm. and they make can do that pretty much easily. But when you have to really think about these pieces to the puzzle about controlling your body your breathing mm-hmm. uh the pressure you're putting on the horse with the range your foot positions on the horse and it's all these little pieces i had no clue and no understanding of it until i came on came aboard with these guys mm-hmm. and it's a lot tougher i think people and there's some people probably out there that take it for like oh you just hop on it and go and do these things mm-hmm. you know but it's like it's a lot to it that i didn't realize and so it's a it's a challenge. It's a good challenge, though, and a, um, a rewarding challenge. So. so I guess when you first started, the horse is nervous because they sense your right. nervousness. Oh. So how long does it take for that become a comfortable kind of fit? I mean, it takes time, I'm sure. Well, it but takes. Uh, I'm just. I'm been three or four months now. I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, I can control my breathing. I'm. I'm. I'm you know, it, t- it took a couple months just to get comfortable with like my anxiety down a little yeah. bit with yeah. being on top of them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it, it's a it's a process, it's a long process. Yeah. And just I'm 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 still trying to get the hang of it, but um, just I'll get wait there. till I throw in the next next thing you have to do. <laughs> yeah, next thing. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Wait till we'll the next. <laughs> so here's a here's a question. So the, so the new guy, the new guy comes in. He's the pooper scooper. I've scooped a lot of poop. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to volunteer to do that, you would accept that, uh, I'm sure. We, we we do try to work with some volunteers, but it's the timing, the scheduling is yeah, yeah. so complicated sometimes that we don't really reach out for that. I okay. mean, if somebody pops by and we're there and they want to clean a stall, we'll sure let them. <laughs> we're not going to stop you. <laughs> and speaking of that, at, at the barn, yes. do, do people have to make an appointment or can they just if, show up? You can show up if we're there. It's okay. great. I mean, if uh, we come in, we get our horses ready, and then we're out on on the streets with them. So we're there usually a couple hours in the morning, and then we're there usually an hour, hour and a half in the afternoon. So mm-hmm. um, during the middle of the day, we're not there as often. So, but if you if you want to come by and you call p- the police department and say, hey, we'd like to come by on this date, or even bring a group of, you know, we've had the Girl Scouts, the okay. Boy Scouts, yeah. we've had homeschool groups, we've had. So many different groups come out, tour the barn, see the horses. Um, we do a little demonstration for them, show them what we can do. And, uh, you know, they can always call the police department, um, talk to Jamie Owens, and okay. set that up. Oh, that's great. You know, I think it'd be great for the schools. And, uh, you know, back in, in the day, and then we did, you know, some PR, but, you know, we had the D.A.R.E. program back yeah. then. And we had our little remote control police car. You know, it was, it was a cool little thing. And you had played music and it danced and the eyes blinked and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Kids love that. Oh, yeah. But and the horses would be a magnificent uh, tool for that because they'll, they'll just go right to it. You One know? of the things that, you know, like we work in the parks. We work on the, the walking trails in the shopping centers. You know, like I said before, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And the reaction that we get to, to have people come up to us 
with smiles on their faces and want to talk to us and you know just kind of talk about the horses and talk mm-hmm. about you know whatever's going on there it's just a different communication than what i had the first 15 years of my career sure. so yeah. it's, it's oh. uh, definitely uh, uh, the best position i've ever had as a police officer and well, i was a dare officer for, oh, 11, you? Okay. for 11 years <laughs> you remember that yeah <laughs> but i'll tell you uh, i just recently within the last couple of years uh, learned that there is a thing called equine therapy there are therapists that work with people who are obviously having issues again we talked about how they sense everything how a horse can sense an individual that like just sitting there Mm -hmm. and they will feel what's going on with that child or that person and how that helps i mean it's been very successful for what i'm seeing very successful and a lot of veterans are using that now uh coming back and ptsd issues and Mm -hmm. and going into horse therapy and it's like changing their lives because the connection they're getting with those animals sure well, and I think it's it's probably not enough the equine therapist. I know I know of one, mm-hmm. but I I would think that you would have to have more than those because that would be such a great tool. You know, even animals, you know, dogs and things like that. They're yep. people use for comfort. So it's a, it's a great tool for sure. It is. So what's uh, what's on the new on the forefront? Any new technology that you guys are using? Any? Well, we're the opposite new? of technology. <laughs> <laughs> You're going back to ancient days. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as that goes, yeah, I mean, we don't even hardly use computers. <laughs> <laughs> How can you mount a computer on the back of that? You don't even want to know. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, like, the, I'd say for us, technology comes down to our safety issues with the horses. When we're out riding at night, you know, and there's cars around, we're, we used to just have reflectors, and now we have some lights that are on our saddles and such. So it's, it's just so that we're more visible mm-hmm. to people as, as they're driving by or something. So. Yeah. Is there such a thing as the bulletproof vest for the horses? Uh, there is. Like, you can get Kevlar panels. Okay. All right. Um, that would hang off of a saddle or, or go on with our like we have riot gear for the horses that are okay. that is got chest protectors and all that stuff on that's it, great so. i mean what what are what a great thing yes <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah so and you folks are really going to have to appreciate these guys when you see them out at events just appreciate everything they're doing because it, it's hard i mean this takes a lot of time to get this unit going do you see that you're going to be adding more officers to, <coughs> well to the we unit? hope so yeah. we would like to have at least one more so that okay. we could run two separate units okay to, so we don't have to you know turn anybody down for an event or we don't have to miss something that's going on in town or something like that maybe even be able to work seven days a week well that's we work seven up. days a week anyway <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, listen, we've been uh, talking about the Hendersonville Police Department's Mounted Patrol. We have Jeff Duran here. we got Will Scruggs and John Newberry here and doing a fantastic job out there and representing the city of Hendersonville incredibly. And, you know, I just got to say that we all appreciate you very much because it's it's a great job you're doing. Thank so, you. Thank you thank very much. Thank you very much. much. Thank you. All right. That's going to wrap up this segment of Summer County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll be right back with more. Uh, Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back here this Sunday morning, continuing with Summer County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon. I've been trying to do this for a little bit here, uh, Justin, and you're going to meet this, this, this young feller here in just a minute. He is the public information officer for the city of Mount Juliet, an incredible city. You said it right, uh, Jeff. Inc- Good job. 
Yep. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and Jeremy over here is no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I get it a couple times. Do you? That yes. and Jason. Yeah. Well, I get on the phone. It's Jeff or Jim or Chip. And it's just where, where do you get that from? I don't know. <laughs> but you're the PIO over in Mount Juliet. I guess you got to start off and just tell us some background. Tell us how you got to where you're at. Yes, sir. Without boring you, uh, I have a local news background. I spent four years at Channel Four News as a sports broadcaster. Uh, the two and a half years before that in Paducah, Kentucky which is not too far away. The previous three years before that uh, at MTSU, where I studied uh, broadcast journalism, uh, West Tennessee boy that brought me out here to Middle Tennessee and certainly love the area, love the people, uh, love the experiences that I have. Uh, I'm the first public information officer ever for the city of Mount Juliet, which is a blessing because I have a blank blank canvas to do really uh, whatever I want and and to promote the city and and all the great things that are going there. And uh, certainly thankful for that opportunity i thought it was time to leave local news mm-hmm. after the after the pandemic and kind of seeing the landscape of the field so well hours uh, are better definitely the hours are much better <laughs> uh no doubt and, and you know with the pio position there's sometimes you get called out to a house fire a tornado an event at night but you know some i, I was at one event and they're like i'm sure you miss your 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 wife and son at 7 30 and i'm like i used to get onto the news desk at 10 27 i'll be <laughs> home by eight and i'll be just fine yeah, so yeah, yeah. uh Definitely better hours, Jeff. My main question, did you ever get in a big battle, a fight with Big Joe? Did I get in a big (laughs) battle or fight with Big Joe? You know, Big Joe was the friend that... He was so honest with you that you couldn't afford to not right. be honest with him. Yeah. So I don't know that we ever had fights because nothing ever festered. We just told each other yeah. how we felt about each other's outfit or how that report went. Just blatantly honest, which I, honestly I subscribe to. I, I appreciate. Well, you know, he's, he's got that mullet going on, you know, with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I, uh, you, you, you're better than that to give him free pub. <laughs> See? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. How long have you been with Mount Juliet? Been with Mount Juliet for a year and a half, started. Started September of 21. I believe that math mm-hmm. adds up correctly. And really just kind of hit the ground running. We celebrated 50 years uh, last July. So we had a big birthday party at the parks event. You know, we've had parks events in the past that have, you know, gotten a decent amount of people and sometimes not as, as many people as we'd like just because we didn't have a public information officer to tell people yep, yep. about the events. And we had a record-setting crowd, and you know all these people are coming up to me, and they're saying, it's because of you. It's because of you that all these people are here. And I was like, no, the fabric of Mount Juliet, I haven't changed one thing. I haven't changed fire, haven't changed PD, haven't changed City Hall, mm-hmm. haven't changed the parks events. I am just now having the courtesy to promote these events and tell people all the great things that they didn't previously sure. know about. So I feel super blessed that... I am an addition to a great team that already existed. I haven't elevated anything, if that makes sense, Jeff. Do you also handle the social media posts? Yes, sir. Wow. Handle That's a full-time full- gig right that there, brother. I'm full- telling you. Especially in the in the age now where there's a lot of comments. You know, yes. you got to go through those and make sure that they reflect the city in a good light. You know, we have a social media policy where, you know, you can tell me, hey, Justin, you're doing a bad job. I, you know, that's fair. But, you know, you can't go too much far beyond that um and, and the social media that that is a, an animal of itself but it's been a great addition mm-hmm. uh to the city as far as telling people what's going on and it's not even citywide events a church could be hosting a great event a non-profit could be hosting a, a great event we want to partner and shed light on that because really a high tide raises all ships in the city and, that, and that's kind of what we go for do you see that i mean over the years i'm, I'm sure you've seen this and you, you've been there a short while but the, the growth has just got to be phenomenal over there. 
It is. I think it was a little more than 23,000 in 2010. Now it's surpassed 40,000 as of the latest census in 2020. Mm-hmm. I'd venture to say it's a little more than 41 right now, but again, I'm from West Tennessee, so that math's not the best. But yeah. I mean, you look at the rooftops and how many people are here. There's going to be those that don't like it, of course, in Mount Juliet that have lived there forever. Right. Nobody really welcomes growth as far as number of people. But if you look at the businesses that it's brought and the amount of uh, developers that are bringing big businesses to Mount Juliet to pay for roads and improve infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Our city manager, when I first got here, explained it so well. People complain about the traffic now, but we're willing to go to maybe a big box store in Franklin drive 45 minutes there, sit in 20 minutes of traffic, because the Belt of Tennessee is all experiencing traffic, and then come back home, having spent that money in a different county. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to sit in 20 minutes of traffic, spend the money in your town, and then get back home. So there's two ways to look at it, and that's where his job and my job come into play. We're trying to tell people this is the better option. Tell us who the city manager is. City manager is Kenny Martin. He's been there for 11 years. Wow. And if you look at city managers, I think they're on normally a three- or four-year contract. So if you're looking at 11 years, Kenny's he'll doing say good. himself, he's doing fantastic. Yeah. Not many people make it to 11 years, but he is everything that's great about Mount Juliet. He lives there. He's originally from, from Nashville, but he, you know, he's got... He's got some skin in the game. He loves the place. It brought him up. He's a former police chief. Uh, He's there to uh, work for the commissioners. We have five commissioners. One of them is our mayor. We have a vice mayor and then three other commissioners. And I'm telling you what, what I won't bury the lead. What he's most known for, not most known for, but (laughs) he walks up and down North Mount Juliet Road every day. And it's about four miles from City Hall to 70 and back. And he'll pick up trash. And we also have a City Beautiful team of five, six, seven. Seven people, just depending on the season, their sole jobs to pick up trash around town. I wish they didn't have a job. I wish there was no littering, but there is. Yeah. And it's the broken window theory. If if this place looks fantastic where your studio is, other businesses are going to want to be fantastic as well. It's almost like the spring. Mm-hmm. You get out and start working on the flower beds. Yep. Miraculously, your neighbors are working on mm-hmm. it too. It gives that vibe and presence. Now, if you got a broken window, it looks run down, everybody else is going to have that same attitude. So that is, that's honestly the reason why so many people are coming to Mount Juliet, the cleanliness, the police, and so many businesses too. They're coming in and judging you every single day, Absolutely. wanting to know what your city's like. And if it's clean every single day, I think we'll, we'll put our best foot forward. There's a lot of growth going on here in Middle Tennessee and, and everywhere. Davidson yeah. County, you know, Sumner County. I think people get an impression when they come to a community. You just get a feeling. Like when you come into Hendersonville, it just has a different feeling than if you go into Franklin yes. or to Gallatin. It has a different. Go to Mount Juliet, you get a, a different feeling. You go to Lebanon, you get a different feeling because of the history and the the older buildings and things right. of that nature. But you know, people are searching for that. They're looking for great schools, looking for great public safety. Your public works department has to be stellar to they keep are. up with all of that. They are. They they do a great job with our streets crews, our maintenance crews, stormwater crews. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm missing some other ones, but they are fantastic. I mean, they just got done 24-hour shift of getting on the roads, getting the salt, getting the brine down. Okay. And they do that just a couple of times throughout the, throughout the winter. Might be our last one that they've experienced, but uh, it's fantastic. And that's what we try to do is we try to major in the stuff that is important. We have great schools. We have great first responders. We have a great like-minded government, you know, promotes family fun and, and, and good settings like that. And that's what we've been able 
able to provide, again, that cleanliness, very, very connected with our small businesses. You got to think we have 11 cent property tax. So we need businesses and that sales tax revenue to Mm -hmm. fund a lot of the projects that we want to do in the city of Mount Juliet. And what better way than to promote them? I know, you know, we do a Facebook live on our Facebook once a week normally. And instead of, you know, the COVID days where you're on the Zoom, you're in your (laughs) office, you're giving the city report, I said, why not choose a different business every week and use that as the backdrop? So if you do it at 10 o'clock, 1030, and you're like, hey, where do you want to go to lunch today? Oh, I I know where I want to go, NY Pizzeria. And we're live there. It makes you think about it. Do it before lunch. Do it before dinner. And it's a walking billboard on social media of that business while we're also getting our city message across, Mm -hmm. knocking out two birds in one stone. Like Sumner County, I've noticed, especially back when the tornadoes came through, I mean, you weren't there at the time, but you were in the area. But how Middle Tennessee came together to support our communities. And that tornado, man, it just made a line. If you saw it from the air, it was like a straight line, and it went north of 40, I guess. If you look on the other side, it was pristine, like nothing ever happened. But you coming right through Mount Juliet, Lebanon, and all that, I mean, there was – it was pretty treacherous out there. And I know my wife's president of the chamber here, but we – had to bring two or three huge U-Hauls of supplies. Yeah. You know, we worked with the chamber president there and uh, also in Lebanon and, mm-hmm. and just dropped off tons of supplies for everybody. But the whole community, it was incredible how they all came together when you have something like this happening. It is. You really realize how fortunate you are to live in a certain spot. I, I've never seen not great support after a tragedy like that, but we were doing interviews for our 50th anniversary, and one of our commissioners, Scott Hefner, moved here from Florida, and he said, we've had tragedies there, and and it it just wasn't the same type Mm -hmm. of community input. We were obviously devastated. We had three people uh, pass away in the March 2020 tornadoes, and you know certainly a tragic event. Mm -hmm. And then just a year and a half later, December 2021, um, on December 11th, we were actually going to have our Christmas parade that day. Had to cancel it because we had another tornado that came through. Fortunately, did not kill anyone. Uh, we've been on the on the bad end of of that severe weather. Hopefully, we'll catch a break. If if you believe in the law of averages, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're do a break. Hopefully, all of Tennessee is really due sure. for a break with with those tornadoes. But you look at December twenty twenty one. We had too many volunteers. We we didn't really say, hey, here's where you can help. Right. We had too many people coming up front <laughs> to ask for help and and want to to be of service to people. So that just speaks to to where you live and the people that are there. And you're helping out neighbors, you're helping out family, you're helping out people that you know because uh, you know that they would do the same for you. Mm-hmm. It's really really encouraging. It's amazing Absolutely. how God brings us together and shows us the good in the world and the yeah. situations that are so uh, dire like that. Well, and you have the the great relationship with public safety, your police and fire departments, your your police department and, and the city. I mean, constantly working together as as does the fire department. I guess the city is very supportive of those agencies and and funds them appropriately. Absolutely, yeah. uh, I th- I think we we fund them with the great great tools, with being able to maybe pull them from other states, other cities, and, and be competitive. You've got to be if if you want great law enforcement, it's you got to put your money where your mouth is. And our city managers said it last week i made a little quote graphic that says when i go to bed the number one thing that we want to do for our citizens is make sure that they're safe and i think they feel safe before mm-hmm. i moved to mount juliet uh captain tyler chandler's the one that runs our police department page and if there's a missing kid if there's somebody on the run 
you hear about it with our MJ alert system that texts okay, your phone. Good. All right. And from the outside looking in, I'm like, you almost know too much information. So if you didn't know it and the guy was caught, you wouldn't feel unsafe. But it's yeah. like we're trying to tell people how to be safe and telling people what the great work that our police department mm-hmm. is doing. And it's just it's amazing because you see around the country and I, I certainly pray against the the attitude of our young kids today thinking that police officers are bad people. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic people. Every single profession is going to have um, some bad ones. But if you look at what Mount Juliet has done, we have a coffee with a cop once a month. The amount of people that come to that is incredible. We did wow. that before it was cool. Yeah, we yeah. have a, a community that supports police and isn't afraid of doing it. And I hope that that can resonate throughout Absolutely. America. Yeah. The, is, in regards to the school system, what what kind of school system are you in? Which county are you in? Wilson County. Okay, Wilson. That's right. Yes, sir. I should so know we don't that. have our I'm own new. school district. We have we have Wilson County Schools, okay. which is, uh, supports Lebanon, supports uh, uh, Mount Juliet okay. as well, and uh, we have two huge high schools, some great elementary schools, middle schools as well. Mm-hmm. Some that have been impacted by the tornado as well. You know, I don't use the word hero often. As a sports broadcaster, I was probably guilty of using it for a guy that won the game. <laughs> when we know our heroes are yes. our frontline personnel, our, our military men and women. And I would put teachers in there too for the oh, jobs that they're doing. Yeah. Especially when you're looking at the split classrooms, the split schools, what they're doing to till we get back to capacity with all of our schools in Mount Juliet. They're just they're fantastic and, and the, the kids really show for it as well. Well, we have a lot more to talk about. We're going to take just a quick break right here, continuing our conversation with Justin Beasley. He's the public information officer for the city of Mount Juliet. So this is Jeff Shannon. We'll be right back with more Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Here we are, and we're back with more of Sumner County Spotlight, and we're going to continue our conversation with Justin Beasley, the public information officer for the city of Mount Juliet. You know, Justin, it's uh, being the public information officer, you, you got a lot of information to put out, especially when you're a growing city and a great thing that, that's happening. So what is the current state of the city of Mount Juliet? First off, I want to let you know, PIO stands for last to know. That's uh, <laughs> We have a regional group that yeah. meets and a national group that meets, and, and quickly they said, do you all know what PIO stands for? And I was like, yeah, public information officer. Somebody says, no, it's last to know. And then you got the IT department that calls me a public misinformation officer, which there's probably some truth to that yeah, sometime. Yeah. And I even get Jamie from Yellowstone, too. He's the guy that's always in the suit among all the Yellowstoners that are working on the farm. So uh, <laughs> we have some fun at the city. But right now, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll just be honest and transparent. Uh, our city commission has put $31.6 million of our budget towards infrastructure. Infrastructure is the number one need. Mm-hmm. We, we can't hide behind it. We have a lot of people here that want Mount Juliet to be their home, which is fantastic because people are moving from everywhere mm-hmm. and choosing Mount Juliet over all the other spots they have. Now, mm-hmm. we need to improve our infrastructure. I don't think anybody could have realized what this city would have been 10, 20 years ago, just with our proximity to Nashville, the quality of life that you have there. So we're working on widening a lot of roads. And, you know, it's unlike us in the radio and television field. You do one project and then you move on to the next, you've got to have a lot of irons in the fire to work on these shovel-ready projects. I mean, you're looking at trying to widen South Mount Juliet Road, Lebanon Road, 
all the other streets. And then, as you mentioned with our streets department in the last segment, you got to pave those roads. I'll say this. We reached out to the governor, met with him for an extended amount of time. Uh, the mayor, city manager, our public works director, along with uh, Senator Mark Pody, got us in to meet the, the governor. Okay. And his, his guy came in about 20 minutes after where it's the time where you do the next one. And I, I'm paraphrasing the mayor. He said, the governor said, no, this is important. I'm, I'm going to continue oh. to meet with them. Mm-hmm. We offer the state $25 million. That's going to be half of the project cost to have a Central Pike interchange. Now, Central Pike interchange has been in the works for a while, and TDOT has so many different things that they need to do throughout the state. I think they have a $600 million budget, and if you look at that divided between three quadrants, West, Middle, and East Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then you see how many municipalities are within Middle Tennessee, <laughs> it's hard to get up there in the pecking order. Yeah. So we're putting our money where our mouth is, trying to say, hey, we're going to get this shovel ready. We want to do $25 million just because of the infrastructure that that would provide. And that would be a way of us giving more to our small businesses because you got to realize how many people would be willing to go out to lunch in Providence if the traffic was clear. This is going to clear about 60% mm-hmm. of the traffic. So describe what that project is. Uh, is it an addition or widening or you know where the parameters are going to be? It's an addition. So if you're coming in from Nashville, going towards Lebanon, it would be the exit that is in front of the Mount Juliet exit that takes you to Providence. And it would be an interchange that would help people get on and off. And you got to think not only is Providence out there, but you got to look at Providence Central. Right now, uh, some of the projects, just some big names in Providence Central is going to be BJ's Wholesale, which Mm -hmm. is big up north, and then Rooms to Go, an actual store you go in there. Huge development out there, and we need an interchange. Right now, it would alleviate traffic, and then it would bring people to those new businesses. So right now, it's just on and off ramps. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you got to have. <laughs> yeah. You're funding a lot of traffic through there. Yes. Yeah. You need more, and you need you need another exit point there, and it would. You know, people people got to realize not only is this traffic in Mount Juliet, this is traffic that's coming in from Rutherford County, Nashville, just to get onto 40. So we have to do this. We can't, you know, you can't build a moratorium, say mm-hmm. no more businesses. That that really just doesn't exist mm-hmm. because you're still going to get traffic from other spots surrounding us. So it's it's imperative that we put uh, all of our assets towards infrastructure. And that's that's what our city commission has done a great job of in Mount Juliet. I know with Hendersonville, I mean the, your city. Grew grows to a certain point where you just run out of land. Do you guys have any of that situation going on? So right now we have an urban growth boundary where it shows where we can extend to. And we're meeting kind of, I'd say probably halfway through the process, meeting with Watertown, Lebanon, Mount Juliet, and the county of saying, hey, here's what we can expand to. Here's what we want to expand to. Now we have to agree to all that with the other municipalities. But if you look at it, it protects us. We have a standard of what we want our new development, new property to look like. We're saying no to them and then the county or somebody else says yes we wind up expanding out to that and it doesn't meet our standards and we're just going backwards before we're going forward so we have we have more land that yes we're going to expand to that doesn't mean if you're in that area that you have to be annexed we can't do that per state law you have to request to be annexed but i think we have 32 square miles right now and i think you know you could see certainly see more of that coming which would only add to the population so do you have a lot of of, and like in hendersonville we had a lot of farms and this was a real big farmland community over the years. And, of course, that's kind of shrinking. Yeah. But as you soon run out of land 
to develop and to annex in and bring in that, that kind of thing. Are you guys facing a similar thing? And also, what kind of businesses are you looking for manufacturing? Are you looking for retail? What are we looking at, at expanding in those areas? We're looking at expanding really just some bigger name businesses. I mean, you get more households and more people are starting to look at you of interest because they look they know, at rooftops they look They're at rooftops yep. they know you can support that business mm-hmm. you know right now we're we're pretty open about it we're looking for an organic grocery store to bring to mount juliet we think we would support one to the upteenth degree and and really be a, a great asset for that uh, company whoever decide that is what kind of businesses are we looking to attract i mean yeah. like a lot of times they want the manufacturers to come in because they of course they need a lot of land right yeah you know, to build these big facilities or are we Sticking to more retail establishments, strip malls, or yeah. that kind of thing. We want or retail, like we have here, you know. So. We want retail establishments. Right okay. now, if you look at the Golden Bear Corridor, that's a lot of land that uh, could be the next, I would say, is the next place for a lot of these businesses that we're talking about. Right now, a lot of people want a, a nice steakhouse to go to that's local. Mm. We don't have one currently, so mm-hmm. we're trying to search those out. But again, you need the rooftops. And right now, I think the best place would be to go is Longhorn. And people mm-hmm. want a little bit more than Longhorn or another spot to go to on a Friday or Saturday yeah. night. You're also looking at, you know, you got FedEx and Amazon there. So we have the warehouses right now okay. and, and the jobs that provide that. But uh, I, w- I would venture to say our city leaderships want to invest more into businesses and not big, big corporations like a FedEx or a warehouse like that. Now, and you're going to get pushback from the community, obviously, when you start talking multifamily facilities, apartments, yes. condos, things yes. like that. They, 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 they tend to get real angry about that. Yes. So they want you know subdivisions, and sometimes they're going to... They're going to gripe about that. You bring a six or seven hundred homes into a mm-hmm. community, a lot of people start getting upset about it. So it's like you got to grow, but then they complain about it. But they they want more things, right? It, as somebody said at the city commission meeting the other day, they came up to the podium. They said, "You guys are the ones in the hot seats." And the the five commissioners, one of them is a woman, Jennifer Laley. That they all said, "Yes, we are in the hot seats. They're the ones that have to make that decision." And a lot of the time, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's just what is the best fit at this certain time mm-hmm. with the information that I know and you know that can that can be changed a lot when you look at timelines you don't know how long that's going to take to build and where you right. are in 10 years we certainly didn't know in 2020 would be where we are in 2010 I mentioned 23,000 to a little more than 40 nobody predicted that mm-hmm. um, so it, it's just the evolution of change it really is well and, and some people they say nah, I don't like change you, you get the old timers have been there forever you, you know they're going to say that and I get that yeah <laughs> but we got all these people that are moving to middle Tennessee by the hundreds I mean every single day i mean it's just a great place to go it's attracting a lot of these folks because yes those folks out west are seeing why are we spending all this money we yep. can go here and we don't have to pay that tax and that tax and yep. i gotta breathe the air i gotta pay a tax for it if i want to walk on the ground that's a tax yeah. <laughs> you know they love that and when you have great communities like mount juliet and hendersonville and gallatin all these these great communities that the people are wanting to come to and live and raise their family that's a great thing you know i um often would i don't say this publicly a lot but one of my favorite radio broadcasters he says hate mail is fan mail because you're still listening to the show you know what i mean yeah, you right. listen long yeah. enough to to chime in and not go somewhere else so uh, and that that's kind of the message I, I give to a lot of people is that so many people have chose mount juliet to live here now do you want to make some changes yes we all want to make some changes and and further our city but realize you picked us over a lot of other places because of how great it is already mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad enough for you to choose somewhere else 
or to move yet. So mm-hmm. again, you got to be patient. You got to let the process go along with itself. Government takes some time with all the red tape you have to go through, but um, it, it'll be well worth it in the end. We're seeing a lot of that already with the widening of some roads. So here's the thing we have to work on. We have to build a bridge from Hendersonville yeah. over the lake yeah. and make a straight shot. Right yeah. <laughs> Our finance director is uh, from uh, Hendersonville and oh, she would uh, she'd absolutely that. love that. That would help her out tremendously. <laughs> yeah. Went, Bring back the fairies. Nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, so great things are happening in Mount Juliet. What are some of the exciting things that are that one can look for in the foreseeable future? Yeah, I'll mention another infrastructure project. Uh, we had three different projects that had options. One project that had three different options, and two of them were going through a ligand farm that was a century farm. Well, as you can imagine, a lot of people were upset with that. And the message we kept telling them was, we have comment cards online. Let your commissioners know how you feel, and then they can vote appropriately. And they did. So now we have a proponent to go from Lebanon Road. It's called the Western Connector. It's going to go from West Division to Lebanon Road. And that's really going to alleviate a lot of traffic on North Mountain Juliet Road. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't going to happen overnight. It's still going to impact some properties when you're looking at right-of-way acquisition and just other properties it's going to mm-hmm. affect but it's going to f- affect less people um, it's going to be a three-lane road and right now we're working on the budget and the specific details of that project now that we've narrowed it down to one from three and i think a lot of people are going to be excited about that project uh, the quality of life it's going to bring it's going to save you some time on the road for sure mm-hmm. well people are wanting to save time absolutely they don't want to sit and traffic. Oh, i got so much of it yeah, i know and you know we we come here and we drive around and we say oh there's traffic oh my gosh it's this is this is not traffic. Go to Atlanta. Right. Go to, go to L.A. Yes. Where it, you know, takes you two hours to, to drive a half a mile. You know, I mean, it's, that's yes. traffic, you know. but, but And you I, are part of the traffic when you're right. sitting in it. Rem, remind people of that yeah, as well. Yeah. It's, it's an incredible thing. So the, the future of Mount Juliet is bright. I mean, great things are going to happen. And I always ask this. Yes, any sir. secrets you want to reveal any about secrets? businesses coming that um, people get excited about? I mean, it, you know. You know, I, I'll say this. Our mayor has said from the podium, so I'm just paraphrasing his words. You know, a lot of people are like, uh, can we get a Costco in Mount Julie? We want a Costco. Every place wants a Costco. We're getting one. We're getting one. Are here. you? Yeah. That's fantastic. It's coming, yeah. We are we're in talks with Costco. He's he said that, you know, on the record, so I won't say anything that that he wouldn't, but we're, we're trying we're trying to bring that to our citizens. So, uh, that's certainly an exciting project that if we can land, we would we would bring and if you got to think about it, we wouldn't have had that in 2010 with 23,000 people. Yeah. And I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but now that we have enough rooftops and we're the second wealthiest county, Wilson County is uh-huh. behind Williamson County in the state. You look at a Costco and they they say, "Huh, maybe maybe we we could plant roots there, and we would welcome them along with many great businesses like that with open arms. So just keep us in your prayers uh, that our our planning commission is working working with them to try well, to make it, it that is happen. crazy because the one thing people always say: When's a Costco coming? When's it coming? It's coming. We already have a Sam's. You guys have a BJ's. Yes, sir. you'll have a, a, another one, and you know bringing in Costco. But that's the number one thing they want to know. Yeah crazy yeah but, that's the talk of the town well i'll tell you i give them that same answer all the time that we're we're, we're talking with them 
Well, you know, listen, I, I know you're really busy <laughs> over there because of all the great things going on, but I appreciate you taking a long trek across the lake and uh, coming over here and tell your mayor, I said, thanks for letting you use the helicopter to come on over. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. He's got to go, wait a minute, what? We have a <laughs> <Yeah>. helicopter? <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't know about that. Okay. <laughs> right. But listen, we're talking Justin Beasley here as a public information officer for the city of Mount Juliet. And as, as always, we appreciate you for coming over and, you know, let's not be strangers. Absolutely not. Whenever, whenever you send the invite... We'll be in person. We, we're not doing any of this Zoom crap. We'll, we'll, right. we'll come see face to face, shake hands, and you guys have a great setup here. Fantastic. Fantastic location. Yep. We need more radio stations like that. Y'all are everything of what's great about Hendersonville, so well, thank we, you. We appreciate that. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up this segment of Sumner County Spotlight. Join us again next week, uh, Sunday mornings at 10, right here at WHIN. And don't forget, on the podcast page at whinradio.com, just look for podcast. It'll be right there. This is Jeff Shannon saying so long. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.